to continue to inspire and to continue to have conversations, whether it be within your own circles, within your own clients, within your own networks, within larger circles, to help other people inspire too. If we could create a mentality of people thinking, how do I inspire others? Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Welcome to the Decision Table, by the way. Thank you very much. Great to be with you. Yeah. By the way, we just have conversations here and you know me in conversations, it can go anywhere and everywhere. And it usually does. And it usually, <laughs> you just got to be very good at listening. Is that what it is? But I, I was actually wanting to say to you, can you be kind to me? Because it's been full on this week and I don't know if I could handle a, an intense, intense. So let's see if we can, uh, I don't know, wherever we take it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big week week of birthday celebrations up there for you guys, Ethan. Twenty one. That's, that's amazing. Uh, you guys still Gold Coast at the moment? We, we are still Gold Coast, and you know the declaration today was for another four weeks down there. So I'm feeling that we will be here for another four weeks at least. You're there for at least ten. You uh, reckon? Yeah, I had to do some modelling. Well, I can't even think what day we're on. It must have been last week, last Wednesday, Thursday. I went back to do some modelling with the Mel, what the Melbourne Uni people used for Victoria last year to try to make some decisions around our intensive in end of August. And really, I got to the best we could get to in under five cases a day would be September 16th. Oh, oh, oh. How, how do you think, like, in all seriousness around this, how, how are you with this what are you seeing yeah um half of me goes say something to help people become better leaders and others go Mm -hmm. focus on what you're doing uh i it it is what it is so so that's the first thing uh it, it is what it is yeah what what annoyed me saturday and sunday with people on our social saying, look at me, I'm out flaunting the rules and at protest. It's got nothing to yeah. do with freedom. It has to me that has everything to do with saying, I don't take the law, because that's what it is, yes. into consideration. So I'm like, well, hold on, why would you shoot yourself in the foot as a yeah. business owner to say Rules don't apply to me, but come work with me and come give me money and I will inspire you and lead you and get done what I said. Like, the two don't go hand in hand. So I'm like, you're a Mickey Mouse business owner at best if that's (laughs) what you feel that's the right thing to do. So there's sort of that side of it. And then I go on my other side and I go, look, and it's probably something which – I've become so much more aware and strong in the last couple of months in my own to we've got one job to do here and that's literally to lead and inspire as many people as we can. So I get that the majority of people are doing it tough. Well, hey, business owners, guess what? 
step up. Just become come bigger, become better, become more inspirational because you can't change yeah. what's going on. So I think that's where I've got to now yeah. in that I didn't even bother seeing what today was because I already knew after what I did last week that we're in here for at least another seven, eight, nine weeks. And therefore my focus is your focus needs to be more on what your mission is than worrying about what's going to happen in the next four weeks. You're speaking my language and I can't believe hearing you. You've changed a lot. Like it's normally me saying things like this, but I needed to hear this right now because I am hearing, you know, this whole vision and mission is so truly what both you and I are so about, yet it's getting harder to have those with what is being said outside in the world right now. And... I have to say one of the things that I'm seeing as a massive trend across leadership right now is the lack of leaders being willing to step into the space and, in fact, they're shying away and wanting to go more into themselves and more into that whole what I saw when when this pandemic hit the world, which was scarcity, which was I need to look after my own house, and I get that. Trust me, I get it. But I also think that that's a very in focus and it's not going to help everyone else to keep continuing feeling isolating it and then feeling very how do you say it more like it's just not going to cope it's not going to happen it's not going to like you know the world is out of control but we've got things we can control we've got things that we can do to help us function at better levels be more effective and I feel like we're moving away from that rather than towards that yeah I needed to step back after after the weekend's events and you sort of go and I'm probably ready now tomorrow, Friday, to be able to do my piece in that whatever happened, happened. You either agree, you didn't agree. Both people want the same. Everyone wants the same thing. You mean everyone wants freedom, a choice, a voice yeah, to well, be heard, to be seen? People, in the end, everyone wants the ability to do what they want to be able to do. Yeah. Because... Whether we like everything, our brain is wired for survival. Therefore, our ego gets in the way. Therefore, we do what we think is best without thinking too much about anyone else because we're not supposed to. We're we're wired to think what's in it for me and how is it best for me and how am I going to get. But even the people who were really annoyed at the protesters and, and looking at some of their social posts going, that's not stepping up and being a leader. That's just you just having your opinion saying I'm disgusted in everyone who behaved like that. But it's bringing division, Michael. That's what it's bringing. And it's meaning that as long as I'm anti or for, you're going to love me one way or the other. Someone said to me, and I can't remember who it was, but they were like, well, why are you saying this? And I said, I'm actually not saying that. I'm one of these people that is going, and you know me, like I'm so for giving humans a voice. And whether I agree or disagree with it, I still believe we have a right to have a voice at the table. Like that is 100% what I go for. I think that when you want to voice something because you're angry and you think the only way to do that is through a protest, then that could potentially put other people at risk. And I don't think that's a right thing. Yeah. And and I think we've forgotten in the division that we're either having to be on one side or the other, 
that actually we've forgotten what is it that we want and is this actually going to get us closer? No, it's not necessarily going to get us any closer to the the goal or the end point that we really want to be at, Yeah, which is the no, freedom to do what we want, when we want, and with who we want. Correct. So I'd actually go, and this is probably more so from people utilising social media to get seen, and that's all it is, to get seen, and therefore whether you were posting pictures of I'm at the rally, I saw someone who, they might have been like 25, 26, my grandfather didn't fight in the wars for, like really all you're trying to do is get attention because Mm -hmm. that's what you feel you need to do. And Mm -hmm. And everything, no matter what side someone was on, Everything that I saw was purely ego-driven about I need someone to give me attention right now, please. I don't care whether it's good. I don't care whether it's bad. Just you look at me because that's what I really want. That's not leadership. So here's the other side of it. There was also people who were drawing conclusions that what is happening is a genocide. Sorry, Michael, but, like, to me... When I think of what's happened in Myanmar, Rwanda, in with the Germany, you know, in German and Germ- Germany, I mean, I can't even speak. Like when we talk about genocide, we cannot relate this to a genocide. No, no, we don't. We don't so, who in their right mind is thinking that things like this is? And where have we got to such a stage that we can relate it to something like that? And that's what I'm I'm not understanding. And going back to what you just said there, that is not standing in leadership. It's not being the leader that we're needing right now. Now, here's the other piece of it, and that's this. There's so many that are saying in the political, and I get it, in the political space, there's a lot of leadership that is corrupt. That is correct. There is a lot of systems that are broken. Absolutely. Now, we can dwell on that. And we can cause more chaos that's going to actually give more power to a lot of these people. Or my thinking is, and I keep going back to this, but us as leaders, we have to stand up as leaders in the civil society. Like that is where the change has got to come from. But I can tell you what is happening is that actually this division is meaning less of us are coming together in the civil society and it's actually bringing more little minorities that are becoming even more disjointed. Yep. So how do we shift that? How do we change that to a different direction? If I had the awareness and if I go, where does this even, where does this now even come from? Yeah. If I look back over our last, what are we now, July, since mid-Feb, so let's look back over the last six months, and it comes back to you can't lead you Mm. and therefore you definitely can't lead anybody else or you can't have the ability to lead anyone else until you can lead yourself first. But, But we can't lead ourselves most of the time because most of the time we don't have the belief, the self-confidence, the air of good arrogance, swagger, as I call it, that comes from simply winning. Most of us don't know how to win, full stop. Mm. And society definitely doesn't help that right now because we don't have conversations around what winning is, how to win, why winning's important. I have conversations with Soph, who's eight, about 
the things you've got to do to win your day today. So just before jumping on, she has six things that she wants to do to tick off mm. that winning her day. And she knew she couldn't play her violin while we're doing this because no one wants to be hearing that. And therefore... Yes, so there is an interesting instrument for someone to be learning. (laughs) So therefore, she knew she had to get it done beforehand. But I said, oh, don't worry about it today. No, I've got to Mm. get it done. Why do you have to get it done? Because I've got Mm. to win my day. And for most entrepreneurs, business owners, who to me should be the step up to average people yeah. in life because yeah. they're not around that environment. But for most of those people, they go, oh, it doesn't matter that I made three phone calls and I was supposed to make five. I can get the other two done tomorrow. doesn't mm. matter that I didn't send that out. I can just catch up on that tomorrow. doesn't matter if I didn't do this. I could just catch up on that. Yeah. And that is people's mindset. But isn't that, no, no, isn't that just coming back to ownership? Like we don't want to own, right? As an individual, we don't want to own. So it's hard to lead others if we're not going to own it ourselves, let alone for a collective, let alone as a responsibility as part of the global space. 100%. So society right now, media right now, our environment, the people we've got around us, tell us it's okay. Yeah. It's okay you didn't do that. You can just do it another day. I oh, Don't worry you didn't do that. Come out. You can just do that tomorrow. And therefore, yeah. time after time after time after time after time, we go, oh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. And in the bigger <laughs> scheme of things, it doesn't. It's not a first, like, it's yeah. not a huge problem. But what we continue to create within us is this, yeah, we don't know how to win and if we don't know how to win, then we mm. certainly can't lead ourselves because we're not obsessed to committing to ourselves. And if we're not obsessed to committing to ourselves, we definitely can't be obsessed to committing to a bigger cause, which is what oh, our mission so true. is. So true. So true. Mm. So therefore, the majority of people f- would find it really okay. hard. We have to go there. So in Australia, we have what we call the tall poppy syndrome. Now, the tall poppy syndrome means if you're doing well, if you're winning, I should be pulling you down because I don't want you to think too big of yourself. Yeah. So already we have a foundation that is rocky, right? And in other countries, it's called different things. It's, you know, the ceiling. It's in the Philippines that they have this bucket and it's the frogs trying to get out and it's the other frogs trying to pull the frogs that are trying to get out and escape, right? It is human tendency is to pull down rather than to celebrate you and to win with you. Yeah. That is a whole different culture shift. So... If we take that into what's happening across the world and the season that we're in, it's much easier to go look at the problem, the pain, the challenge. Hey, I'm feeling it just because like you are, we're being, you know, injustice. This is happening and go with a blame rather than to go, if I'm not going to do that and we're going to win together and I need to take you on that journey with me to win. How could that look? Here's an example, an exact example of it. I was given a hard time. Karen Marie, you're always talking about change. You're always talking about solutions. What about the problem? I said there's enough people talking about the problem. But I don't see people bringing the solution. And that is what I'm determined to find. And if we can bring change, then I know that's bringing solutions to humanity going forward. 
Why is it such a problem to talk about change and solutions? Because it's harder. Yeah. It actually means that you've actually got to become obsessed with doing better. Yeah. And that's hard. Right. And, and, and therefore, why would I want to do that? I'm not used to doing that. I don't normally get to do that or need to do that. It's so much easier that I don't. So well, therefore, you know why? Why I think because it's our default system. Our default yes. system goes back to the pain. Yeah, and it's look. I'm not going to get into neuroscience, my favourite <laughs> topic in the world. It's and, one of mine how, too, so don't worry yeah, about it. Like just how our brains work and and. Growing up in because our we are wired to certain behaviours, and yeah. because of that, we'll go back to our default system, which is our brain is wired too. But here's the thing, and this is what I want to try and push on: is we, you and I both know that we want to see people, we want to win, we want others to win, and we know that change is going to be more beneficial for all of us. Yet it's the most hardest thing, and it's not the default system for people. So yeah, how do that, we shift that in culture and that becomes more of a norm so we don't look when the challenges hit us like it's hitting us across the season right now across the world that instead of defaulting back to the pain and the hurt and everyone, you know, actually adding to the problem, we start coming together, collaborating and trying to figure out how can we put even small shifts towards actually narrowing that gap from problem to solution. To me. It starts with yeah. an individual Correct. having. It starts with the individual being able to, to win because when they can, yeah. they can win themselves. They can then lead themselves, which now allows them to actually have some conscious awareness of how they can do things differently, rather than being problem focused. So, if I was to take change, sits up the top here. That's the yeah. thing we want, and we're to chunk it all the way down. Yes. It would be commit to doing a handful of things every single day, yeah. 30, 60, 90 a year. It, it amazes me how many people can't even finish a book, mm. not in a year, not in two years, just can't finish a book. <laughs> so here's the thing. Why do you think they can't finish that book if we break that down? Because it's boring, it's monotonous. Yeah. Yep. And... We are programmed now to find a shiny thing, to find someone to do it for us, to move on, to, like, I'm not, I could be a little bit controversial here, like, ADHD. Don't hold back. This is this is no. a safe space to say whatever you want to. No judgment. No, serious, it is. And yeah, we make that really clear. I've got ADHD because I, I keep going everywhere. Well, yeah, ADHD, ADHD. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's really a problem. We're now being. Or is it that we're overstimulated? We've yeah. got a brain that we don't know necessarily what to do with all of that overstimulation. We yeah. have been given everything. We don't have to think for ourselves. There's a lot of other right. variables in that. There's a whole bunch of things like that. Like yeah. there's, a, there's a thing which. Well, I, I think is just so vital to teach your kids. Mm. Let them sit in boredom for 10 minutes every day and <laughs> not be able to do a thing. It I do when they say to me, I'm so bored, and I go, try it. <laughs> try it. They don't even know what boredom is. But then what we end up doing as adults or parents 
is it's easier to give them something to shut them up so we can get on with whatever we're doing rather than actually use that as a teaching lesson. Yeah. Because it's more convenient for us. And it is. Yeah. But it's not going to teach, right? No. So the study which, which we do, actually you lay on your back, your feet up against the wall, so you're on your back, bum up against the wall, feet up against the wall. You lay there for ten minutes. Yep, there's, I do that. No- I used to do that on a daily basis. By the way, I was taught yeah. that when I was rewiring my whole brain. Okay, no music, no TV, no conversation. Yeah. You lay there for ten minutes until the timer goes off. Yeah, that is teaching you how to just do. Boring, monotonous. It's why people can't be successful because mm, they don't stay in something long enough to be successful. It's like, oh, given that a go for a week, that didn't work. Next, I uh, tried <laughs> that for twenty hours, that didn't work. Next, yeah. So that's probably the underlying, in my view, that's the underlying problem that we've got right now, which mm. stops us mm. from taking all those levels up to actually causing change. Because we can't even cause change. And it's so much more. No, and it's so much fun when you can actually cause change. So if you can do it on yourself, then, and we know that, like, here's that interesting thing. And I know you've done this as well the 75 day, you know, hard, 75 days hard, whatever it is. I think there's huge correlation between business owners who do the 75 hard and how they run a business. 100%. And one of the things is, I watch those that set that as a goal and have to start and finish, start, finish, start, finish, and then give up. I watch people and, you know, there was a bunch of people, if we take it on in the million dollar, there was a bunch of people that said yes, that they were going to come on that journey with us when we started it. I was the only female, by the way, that completed it in that bunch. There was a heap at the beginning. And there were only a few males that actually completed it. Why is that? Why is it that something, to me, that's really 75 days is only 75 days. It's not a 20-year vision. It's not a 30-year vision. It's not the future of. And we struggle just to do something like that in consistency and the discipline of something like that because, and I, I bring it back to what I said earlier, because we don't take ownership. There is not a cost if we don't do it. We get away with things so beautifully and easy because, you know, if something breaks down, we go buy a new one. We don't try fixing it. If something is too hard, that means we're doing it too hard. We need to leverage that out. We need someone else to do that. I'm a huge old school, and I think it's because of my genius zone of, And I know there's new thinking now that we all work in both sides of our brain, but I literally work in both sides of my brain and have done for years. I'm I'm ambidextrous, so I literally do things right, left. There's not one dominating the other, it's both. And so when I I was growing up, and I think I learned this especially when, when I was in the fitness industry, that, you know, if there was a muscle that was a weak muscle, we didn't ignore that muscle. We actually worked on that muscle so it would strengthen and give us the stability to function at the highest level. And I have always worked on both sides of my brain. And if I see a weakness, I make that a strength. 
I don't just ignore it and just work on my strengths. Now, I know there's many different ways of thinking of this, but I have been a true believer of that. And I believe that's actually given me the the edge to many people because I can function both analytically, logically, strategically, but also on the other side, very creative, very big visionary, very. And so it's actually meant that I've had access to two sides. I think we give up too easy, that we don't put in that hard work. Has that come easy for me to be strong on both sides? No. I've had to learn ways to function in my really geeky side of me and then bring it right back to how do I put that in ways that could help build a business or think differently in leadership or do things on the everyday sort of stretch. I think we give up too easy. I think that, you know, you going back to we don't, you know, we're not about winning. We're not even about setting those goals anymore. How many times on the New Year's do we hear we don't set New Year's resolutions? Why? Because it's too damn hard for anyone to set them now. So now we have the excuse no one sticks by them so we don't do it. Yeah. I think that's Uh, interesting. Yeah. I couldn't do that must be the majority of people in this population's favourite words. I can't do that. I couldn't yeah. do that. But I think, I try to think how long ago it was, end of May, so now nearly, what, two months ago, where I ran the 77 kilometres, 6.5 kilometres every amazing. four hours for 48 hours. Now, I'm someone who hasn't run more than 10 kilometres in total, let alone to be able to do 77 in, but it and wasn't. And here, um, can I just put some perspective? When I met you, you were quite overweight compared you were not like you weren't healthy I wouldn't say you were the healthy person so for you to get to a point that you could do what you did there that is phenomenal so kudos by the way thank you yeah thank you but the thing that goes through my head isn't I didn't even care how I was going to do it all Mm. I knew was I was going to put one foot in front of the other and if it took two hours to be able to get 6.5 kilometres done, okay, then you'd have two hours rest before you'd have to do it again. And if it took you four hours to do it, then you just keep on going and you do the next one. It didn't matter. And mm-hmm. it's, I think then this becomes part and parcel to people's problem when you have a big enough reason to why you want to do something, yeah. you will. So yeah. to raise money for Make-A-Wish Foundation, Yes. And to be able to, like, I couldn't think of anything worse than as a parent having to be in and out, and you've gone through this, in and out of hospitals, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing where, I couldn't think of anything worse. Having to make life and death decisions and not knowing what the consequence of that decision is going to be. Yeah. 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 And then for them to be able to celebrate and do something that's Amazing. really meaningful as a dream for them. Yeah. I remember, so it was, we started Friday 3 p.m. And, and then the next one was 7 p.m. And I just finished doing a, a post at like 6.50 p.m. before going out at 7 p.m. And it was a weekend, it was freezing. Like, it was the coldest weekend we'd had this year. Friggin' yeah. freezing. And it was at 6.56 p.m. And I just sort of pulled up to where I went, where my track was. And I had this message from a mum whose mm. daughter yeah. had just been granted her wish. I had a tear come down and I just went in that very moment, there is no bloody way there you are yeah. not going to get this done. 
There is no way. Like, yeah. It wouldn't matter what it took. No was not a part of your language. It just it had no, no. option. Yeah. We just don't even come close to that. We're yeah. too easy to go. I don't know how or I couldn't do that. Okay, so if we pull that apart, have we become so selfish? Have we become so in-focused? Yes. And, you know, one of the things that I love about what you you are about is that you know the importance of economic growth, but you know that it's not at the cost of social impact or cultural change or, like, it's not one or the other. That is something I'm learning is something that people are struggling with. They're going, hey, by the way, when I get my business to, when I'm at this point, then I'm going to bring a change, I'm going to impact. No, every decision you make has an impact. You've got that. Where's that come from? How do we how do we get more people thinking that way? I think we've got to, there's something, there's something which I sort of try to promote amongst our networks, but definitely mm. amongst our clients to do one impact of good every single day. Mm, I like that, one impact of good every single day. Well, I'll just take an example of of mine the other day. We're in a suburb which had a little bit of an an outbreak and Mm. with a shopping market. So a lot of the suburbs sort of in hibernation right now and and was a little (laughs) bit afraid. We're lucky that it seems to have passed and we've dodged dodged a bullet. But I just went past and I just picked up a, a bunch of 20 little Moroccan biscuits. Great. That allows that cafe to get 20 bucks. Not a mm. huge thing, but it keeps them Might going. be for that cafe, right? Yeah. I mm. break it up. I gave 10 of them, went around to the medical center and gave 10 of them to them. I go, mm. I want you guys to have that. You're doing a great job to the community. The medical centers in this shopping center, which seems to be the epicenter of our suburb of yeah. where it got hit, and found the cleaner. I mean, I want you. I want your team to be able to have these. Put it in the lunchroom. You're doing a great job at being able to help the community. Yeah. It's not about having to give things to get something back. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is most people's way of thinking. Is I will do something if I can see how it's going to help me. And when we can get to this way of thinking of just do something to put some a smile on someone's face. Yeah. And if you did that every day for 30 days, for 60 days, it would become part of your nature. I call it your decision DNA. Yeah. Gets so, in your DNA, right? And so you just naturally do it and you're looking that's for something it. something which I think is missing. But so, of- so let's pull on that one because I, I say that all the time and I tell you whenever I talk about impact, global, humanity, anything like that, everyone goes, oh, it's way too big. But here's for, this is when I talk about humanity, I mean you and I. We're humans. We're a part of the human race. That's humanity. When I talk about global, I talk about you and I. We're part of what we build around us, the collective. That's part of the global space. That is the global landscape. We make that up, right? So when I talk about impact, I'm not talking about We've got to go over to Fiji, change the whole world right there now. I'm talking about, like you say, that it can be as simple as every day, making and just having a different conversation, reaching out to someone, making sure they're doing okay. It could be, like you said, taking some cookies around and just saying thank you. 
Like, where have we got that even those little simple things become too great? Because as you said before, where I just stopped you straight away and said yes. Yeah. We're too self-centered. Mm. And Jake, you're right, like we're wired. We're our brain is wired for survival. In caveman days, that's why we're given a brain to protect yes. us from the saber tooth tigers and to make sure that we we're safe. So But we don't say, have those anymore. We have things called pandemics and we have things called I don't know, maybe some other things in other countries that I don't even think we're facing that maybe are like saber tigers. So yeah. why do we still have those up? Because our brain hasn't evolved really. Because our default system. Yeah. Like it, it hasn't evolved as much as maybe what we had hoped. So, but, but in saying that, we can change our brain to evolve more by actually understanding these sorts of conversations, being in these sorts of conversations and doing little things yeah. going, you know what, it doesn't have to be about me. It doesn't have to be. But having these sorts of conversations, so this is where I was going to just before, it was, it was just the weekend, just a few days ago, and I was out kicking the soccer ball with, with Soph and she was riding a scooter around the, around the park. And it was the night before I was up for most of the night just, just honing that mission of ours. And I shared it with Soph to inspire 1 million service providers every year to play a bigger game, to win every day, to be more profitable in their business so they can contribute and make society a better place. And so Soph is there and she she goes, oh, like that, Dad, that's a nice one. And she went off and she scooted, but I could tell she was thinking and she turned around and she came back and she went, maybe I could have a mission. Yeah, maybe you could. What would your mission be? And she went, oh, maybe it's about having fun. I like to have fun. Yeah, okay, maybe it could. You have that, you try to think of something where maybe it, it helps other people too. Yeah. Off she went and scooted and she comes back and turns back and she goes, maybe I could have fun and help other people have fun at the same time. Mm. Okay, we're, we're progressing somewhere at the moment. Off she goes and comes back. Nah, mm. nah. Maybe what I could do is just make sure that I put a smile on someone's face every day. Oh, I like that. Mm. Eight-year-old. Mm. So simple but measurable and how cool is that? Very intentional. But if we don't have conversations with people around us yeah. who, no matter what age they are, it doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be to the grand scale that your vision or mission is, but you've got to start planting the seed that it's about really? other people. It's not just purely about you. Yeah. And we just don't do that. Like, to be honest, and the majority of parents, and they're doing their best, and that's great, are in survival mode to get the kids to bed so they get some free time yeah. rather than actually using the day to be able to teach. Is it harder work? 100% it's harder work. Are you more exhausted by the end? Yeah, probably to start with. Here's the interesting thing. I want to put a little thing in there because here's the interesting thing. I have to say one of the things I loved about being nomadic was going on a journey with my kids. And part of being nomadic is that for me the learning ground's not just in school. It's the way we role model things. It's the way yeah. we question 
what are you seeing? And I, I tell you, I've got some kids that ask the best questions. Why? Because it's been role modeled to them. And that's, it's been totally fine for us to ask questions and to be curious and to have conversations and not always know all the solutions, but we need to start with that. And I have to say, even though it was hard work having kids 24-7 in my face and, you know, them doing their online schooling, I have to say my kids are such a beautiful relief to life. They are now, like, I love being out at a cafe listening to the conversations my kids have. So, yes, at the time when it was happening, there were moments that it was just so much hard work. And, you know, I still get that as a mama bear trying to put on events and trying to, you know, swing the children and making sure they're getting what the school needs them to do and things like that. But in the same way, like I tell you, it is so much easier because I have kids that will question things. Yes, that's hard at times because they will question things. But they, they are also like they'll go, oh, I see a need, and they will step in straight away. They don't wait for the permission to step in. They don't wait for that to blow up. They see a need and they take action because they've given and they're empowered to do that. And I think, you know, it's easier in some ways to teach our children. It's easier in some ways because our children are actually, and for us to take our children on this journey as we're learning and evolving, because they haven't got some of the set ways that some of us as adults have. They haven't got, well, I know everything. This is, you know, like I think the worst thing as a leader that you can do is not learn how to evolve. And that's what these conversations are around. It's saying, hey, we don't know everything, but we're willing to have a conversation to find out how we can be more effective, do things better, see how we can be part of that bigger change that we all long for. 100%. And circle back around, it's like you can't lead you then you definitely can't lead your children to help them win. Therefore, you're probably not having these sorts of conversations. So (laughs) therefore, you've got no hope leading your clients or leading anything bigger than that because it's just a stepping stone up. So a frustrating part that I I, I get it, but it frustrates the daylights out of me right now, is just seeing on our socials the whole time around... I do this. I help people do this. I help. And I just like, who cares? Yeah. I, I honestly just don't care. And when you go that people want to work with or people want to be around that they resonate with because therefore then they can respect them and therefore they can be inspired by them. Mm. I don't care that you do Facebook ads. I don't care that you do SEO. I don't care that you help your clients to get five new clients in the next 30 days. Mm. If that is where your thinking needs to be at, there's where our problem is to why people can't step up to have these conversations or be a leader. So how do we narrow that gap? How do we, you know, go from the conversation we opened up with, which is really there's a really decisive, uh, like, sorry, the, the division is widening, because we've got to be on one side or the other, how do we start getting these conversations as 
more of the norm that it's okay to disagree sometimes with people. I was talking with, well, I was talking with Taki around that going, you know, there has to come a time in leadership where it is okay for us to disagree and that others need to know that it's okay, that it's not all yes, yes, yes. It's healthy, but any time that you disagree and it's behind the scenes and it's like this yuckiness that comes from it, it only feeds and festers. We've got to bring this out in the open more. We've got to have conversations. We've got to say, hey, I'm not necessarily on either side. I don't even know where I'm at. I don't even know who I am. I want to commit to more. I want to take ownership of this. How do I do that more effectively? And it could be just one making one impact every day putting a smile on someone's face, right? But unless we're willing to have these conversations out in the open and for us to go, this is safe for us to do this and not to have it all together and not to have it all sorted, but go, we're seeing this as a problem. Unless we start and we're willing to do this, how are we going to narrow that gap? Yeah. Well, the first problem is in what's happening right now, it's not a matter of picking sides. Like to me... It's just a thing that happened. Mm. We attach meaning to that thing. So there was a bunch of people that got together on Saturday in Sydney. A thing happened. We attach meaning to it, which then caused an emotion one way or another, which then dictated our action. Well, let's go all the way back to this thing that happened and go, mm. well, it doesn't really matter. It was just a thing. What I'm actually going to do is follow the same thing I've been doing every single day in trying to inspire the people I've got around me. Yeah, which goes back to the individual going, hey, what can I control? What am I going to take ownership of? And that's going to change in my world and then have an ongoing effect as the collective and then across the globe. Yeah. Yeah. So if that, what really needs to happen, and it's become a bit clearer to me in the next in the last forty four minutes twenty eight seconds, <laughs> is I love that. I need to <laughs> I need to be jumping on tomorrow to our socials to just yeah. talk to everyone in our network around how you can be leading your people, how you can be inspiring yeah. your people. You can't control what. Queensland's nope. doing, what WA's doing, what the US is doing, what's happening in the UK with Freedom Week. You can't happen with what people want to do in Sydney. You've got no control yeah. over any of that. As a leader, you have control over one thing. How do you inspire more people? Yes. And it's not about bringing your ego in and it's not about look how many likes I can get or how many people I can yeah. comment or look what side I'm on or not. It, none of that is irrelevant if you really want to step up and lead. And if you really want to step up and lead, then you're going to be rewarded because more people will resonate with you, more people will respect you, you'll inspire more people, and therefore more people will want to either support your business or be part of your business. Amen. Absolutely. Agree 100%. And I wish more leaders would do exactly the same thing. And I think that is the answer to that we collaborate in that way and we stand strong in what we know that we can do, that we know that we can lead in and be a role model. You know, our kids learn because we're role modeling. 
Why would we do it any different in being leaders? But we do. We say something with our mouth. We don't do it with our behavior. And then our results show the story, right? So as leaders, we have to speak it, believe it. It's in our DNA. And then we have to role model it. And I think the biggest way to change and bring change is to show that there is a new, like I talk about this new approach to leadership. I believe we are at a time more than ever that there is a need for a new approach. The old way, the way that we were doing it before has got us to where we are and we see where that is right now. So we have to do some things and that comes down to us as individuals being willing to go, what can we do with what's in our hands right now? And in your case, getting on social media and saying, hey, this is it. This is what it looks like and leading in the way that you can. I love that. And I think that's huge. Hey, by the way, talking about social media, talking about leading, if anyone wants to come in and know more about you and what you do, how do they do that? Just michaelgriffiths.com.au is probably the best yeah. place because then from there you can see anything and you can find your favourite platform to stalk on. Um, <laughs> always encourage people to, to be able to come and, and we'll, we'll do our best to inspire day in, day out. So, yeah, michaelgriffiths.com.au is the best place. Yeah, I love that. And here's the thing that I, I, I know we haven't really talked about, but I think that it kind of connects to what was said in this way. And one of the things you're really good about is building relationships. How do we build the relationships, connect with the humans so that we are actually supporting people to win? Like, how do we do that better, more effectively? Thank you. If we went back and if we just focused on how could I do good to one person without expecting anything back in return and we created that as your decision DNA, you call it, which I might take and utilise also, (laughs) thank you. But if, if we just did that, we would become better at removing the need for what's in it for me. Now, again, survival brain is great in so many facets. It shoots you in the foot as an entrepreneur business owner because you are thinking from a transactional hunter perspective. Mm. And as cavemen, women, we were hunters. That's how we had to survive. But Mm. right now, you can't be a hunter. We talk about going from transaction thinking to collaborative thinking to transformational thinking. And transformational thinking is all about how to be a farmer. The farmer preps the soil. The farmer plants the seeds. The farmer nurtures the seeds, water, sunlight, gets rid of the other weeds. The seeds grow. So, therefore, the the farmer can harvest a crop. Doesn't kill the crop, just harvests Mm. the crop. And the crop continues to give year after year after year after year after year. And in essence, we have to just become good at removing ourselves to become a farmer. Will that take longer? 100%. Are you used to wanting things yesterday and instant gratification and things to happen immediately? Yes, you are. But that's why you kill it. That's why you (laughs) can't be a farmer. So you actually have to know, and relationship marketing's never changed. The people who are great at relationship marketing are great at being farmers and they know that it's a long game for the crop 
to be able to be harvest year after year after year after year for the next decade, for the next 20 years, for the next 30 mm. years. And we've got to get rid of that mentality I hate right now and I see it across my socials all the time and in the dipshit messages that people send, which are very hunter mentality, how do I make a sale today? Just because you can do that, I guarantee you won't have a business in a year or you're going to be extremely exhausted from having one. So it's about getting to that transformational mindset of being a farmer. Interesting. It's so interesting. And I think, you know, it brings it back to that conversation of, you know, those that can think beyond today that are not just a now, here's the quick answer, here's the quick fix to a sustainable solution at the table. And I think that that is one that is much harder but much more beneficial and will add value to humanity going forward, not just for our generation but the generations to come. And, you know, I think that's the bigger conversation and we are so messed up in the now and the emotion and the and the messiness of the now we're forgetting to prepare and to build for the future and that's one of my biggest concerns right now when I see and I, I see this division is it's very easy to get lost in it. And I think one of the best lessons my autistic children and one in particular taught me from, I wrote this little book and I, it was the 10 leadership lessons I've learned from my autistic children. And um, because they have taught me so many things and it's because of the way that their brain is wired. It's fascinating. And one of them was, that you know and it was Ethan so he he was such a stickler when he would make a decision and he would not bend from that until he got the result it didn't matter like we tried anything and everything to swap that brain out to try and change that result but he was so set on it what I loved and learned about him making decisions that way was there was no emotion involved in that decision-making. He had taken that right out of that equation. He had gone, this is what I want, this is where I want to go, and I'm not giving up unless I get there. And I think that there's a lot in our world right now that we're letting the emotion direct our results. And I wonder if we didn't do that, what that would change going forward. And that's, you know, a lot of that comes back to my teaching around humanity as stakeholders. What if we made decisions that we're going to add to humanity going forward, not take away from, right? So anyway, we've got to that point that I do ask this one question on every decision table. It's the only one that's the same. And that's what are you taking from today, from our conversation? I guess it's like that ownership piece, right? Mm, it is. Mm. To continue to inspire Mm. and to continue to have conversations, whether it be with within your own circles, within your own clients, within your own networks, within larger circles, to help other people inspire too. If we could create a mentality of people thinking, how do I inspire others? How do I yeah. make others? This is great. Sorry, going on a different sidetrack. And I'm just quickly looking it up to be able to do it justice and give you exactly <laughs> the thing. So I'm just sort yeah, of going, I'm never good. By the way, I'm never I'm good never at good. jokes or anything like that. I never remember no. how to say things. So I'd be doing exactly the same thing. 
there's this video which I watch every day, first thing in the morning. It's from Navy SEAL Admiral William McRaven. Mm. And he's giving, he's giving a graduation speech at the University of Texas to 8,000 people. University of Texas slogan is uh, change the world. So he, he talks about, he opens up and he says, these 8,000 people here were just to impact 10 people. That's it in their whole lifetime, just 10 people. <laughs> Within five generations, if everyone did the same, we would impact 800 million people, more than the United States. Amazing. And if we went one generation further, we'd <laughs> impact the whole of the globe, 8 billion people, by each person thinking, how could I impact 10 people? Mm. Now, we impact people all the time, but if we did it with a more conscious purpose behind yeah. it, we'd probably have a greater impact to them. Yeah. So he shares, hey, there's a, a young lieutenant who chooses to go left rather than right, and mm. right would have blown up his platoon of 12 people and the families that would have affected and the kids that wouldn't have had a, a parent that's impacting their lives. Yeah. But he goes through a whole bunch, like nine different things that we could think about, which he's learnt from Navy SEAL training. Mm-hmm. The first one, make your bed. I'm not going to go through them all. I'll just touch on two or three. The first one, make your bed. And your bed was never going to be perfect. You were never going to fold it properly. But it was about getting the first task done in the day. Yeah, yeah. Because when you got your first task done, it spurred you on to do the second task and then the third task. And even if you had a really crappy day, you came home and you made your bed. Your bed was made and it was made by you. So you felt a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> that hits home. Yeah. So it goes back one. to that winning, right? Yeah. So there's a, another one around your uniform. Your uniform had to be yeah. perfect. But your uniform, you were always going to get picked on. And if you mm. got called out, then you had to go into the into the surf and get all wet and then roll around in the sand and you had to be like that all day. They called it being a sugar cookie. And the majority of people could not handle that they did everything possible to make their uniform perfect, mm. yet they still ended up being a sugar cookie. And what they didn't couldn't comprehend is that life's going to happen Life's going to turn you into a sugar cookie every now and then. It's got nothing to do with how well you thought you did it. It's about how you respond. Mm. And I think it's 20 minutes. It's the best 20 minutes someone could spend first thing in the morning to just listen to because it gets you thinking, how can I go and change the world? (laughs) And if we don't start thinking around how can I change the world, there's no possible way that you can change the world. Yeah, yeah. That's what I took from it. Mm, from that. Yeah. Uh, just a great reminder that we've got to we've got to be focused on changing the world. Mm, and that world starts with you and I. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm taking from our conversation? One impact yeah. every single day. I really love that. And I think, you know, going about your daughter, like just the smile is an impact. And I think that multiplication of even if we did one a day, that's seven a week. If we do that for four weeks, that's 28. 
impacts all right there. That takes something that feels so big to something so doable. And, you know, it's like, it's like our morning routine. When we've got these morning routines and we do it, like we go for our walk, we might do our breathing, we might have a quiet time, we might have a coffee, you know, all of these things are maybe part of our morning routine. What if a part of our routine, morning routine, was what's our one impact we're going to make today? That's as simple as it has to be and can be. And I just love that. And it was a beautiful reminder of how simple we can bring it back to just doing it on a daily basis. You know, I I want to thank you because like I see such change in you from the guy that I first met and your willingness to keep stepping up to being a more effective leader in who you are and what you're doing. That excites me and brings hope to me and I believe to the leadership space. So thank you for being so awesome. Like I really, truly mean that. And, you know, just seeing your growth over this time, watching you grow both in the physical side of sense of it and your achievements there, but also then bringing that into your personal life, into your space of your professional space and how you're giving voice to it and using your platform to to be the change that is needed. So kudos to you, my friend. And thank you so much for being a part of the decision table. Thank you so much for having me on the decision table. It's been fun. (laughs) Is there anything that, like, I, I just want to make sure I've given you space to say anything and everything you needed to. Is there anything else that you felt that you would have loved to have said? before we stop this and don't run away straight away, but I'm going to end the broadcast. I I think it's, I think this is strong. And and if I was to sum it up, win your day, become obsessed Mm. with helping others change the world. Beautiful. And we're going to end the broadcast right there. So thank you. Appreciate you. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe. Ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.